Hello, one and all, and welcome to the 320th episode of the Quarantine Cast, recorded on July 19th, 2021. Bucks and six. Let's fucking go. Bucks and six. Yeah. Bucks and six. Uh, this is Andrew Clark, uh, also in in the podcast today, who is already on the just emotional intensity necessary to navigate the Deer District on Tuesday. He's been there. They just expanded it to, to allow sixty five thousand people. Jesus it's gonna be a bloodbath. It's good. It's the whole city of Milwaukee, and it's yeah. gonna be in that one spot. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell. Okay, so right now the entire city of Milwaukee is in fact the Deer District. If the Bucks win, the entire state of Wisconsin is the Deer District. And then Let's it'll go. just keep expanding outwards, like, uh, like an army just conquering. Mm. Just and eventually, America is going to be the Deer District. Then North yeah. America, then the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> Next thing, we're we're eyeing up Europe. It's all gonna be deer, bucks everywhere. Oh oh oh! Euro Cup was going on. You think you got a bad Europe with soccer hooligans? Wait until you get Wisconsin sports fans up in there. Yeah, <laughs> we destroy um, things for fun. Yeah. That game five was just a really fucking great game of basketball. There's even any basketball fan, Uh even if you don't care about the Suns or the Bucks, had to have seen that and just thought, like, that's that's beautiful basketball happening right now. It was incredible. And then even if you're not a basketball fan, there's no way you weren't entertained out of your goddamn mind. It... God, and just, mm, everybody was executing, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, Jeff Teague still got way too much playing time as far as I'm I, concerned. I don't, think they, I don't think they played him after the first quarter. That was still too much Teague time. Yeah, no, exactly, Teague time. <laughs> no, like, we saw, like, oh, Jeff Teague's out there. He's no good. That's a bad sign. And then we yeah. were down by 16, and then they took him out and never put him back in. And we came back and won it. And that's that's how you do it. We came back and won it basically in the second quarter. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it. I I always believe that the Bucks win. I believe from the get go that the Bucks are not even just national world champions. Somehow, I don't know how that works, but world champions. But uh, I may have said something to the effect of they're world champions because there's a team from Canada. <laughs> I might have said something to the effect of at the end of the first quarter, the Suns don't lose games where they're up by double digits. No. Uh, what was it? Like, oh, fuck, I don't, I don't even know. Like, the when we were down 16, I think that mm-hmm. might have been, like, the biggest deficit the Bucks had all finals. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not positive about that. Um and we still came back and won. And yeah, like, I think when the Suns have gotten a double-digit lead in the finals, they have not, or uh, in the playoffs so far, they have not lost a single game. Mm-hmm. And Until I, now. Yeah, and I mean, 
fuck, I, we've been there, man. We've been there not just for the Suns, but with the Nets. And I think the Hawks also. The Hawks, also, too, maybe. a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, where it's like, well, we know how this goes, man. Bucks get down early by, like, double digits. Not quite 20, but, like, high teens. And then it's like, okay, cool. We're going to spend the rest of this game, like, chipping away at that. And then just, but we're never going to take the lead. We're never going to pull ahead. Yeah, we're going to chip it down to, like, a deficit of five. And then we're yep. going to let them steal the ball and score on five straight possessions and be right back where we were. Right. But we didn't let that happen this no! time. That's just fucking gritty-ass play. Just, fu- yeah, man. Good basketball. I It... Yeah, the, the Bucks were able able to play through the refs calling fouls on Bucks players that were being tackled. So, uh, I think this is a internet personality, video game writer that I like, uh, Austin Walker. He tweeted this out uh, during game three, I think, uh, but then uh, retweeted it for this. Like, <laughs> no, that's not a foul because Book was hugging him supportively. And just, yeah, yeah, man. It, yeah. I mean, I'm sure if the shoe was on the other foot, if I were a Suns fan, I'd be like, mm, I don't know if like that foul that was called on a Suns player is legitimate or yeah. whatever. But I, like, I, I know man. you can be like, homers exist, and yeah. we're not immune from being homers. But like, literally, everyone's saying the same things that we were saying. Right. So, just like, I don't. And, like, you know, I kind of... Ryan's not on the episode today, but I kind of buy into Ryan's conspiracy theory a little bit where it's like, yeah, man, the NBA wants the refs to, like, be considerate of the fact that, you know, the Nets are, like, a giant money market team compared to the Bucks, oh, And, like, yeah, no, maybe... It's, it's a fact. The, the, yeah. the NBA it actively punishes small market teams because... They don't want them to be successful because the NBA will make more money if a big market team is successful compared to a small market team. Right, right. no but matter not, what, if, if yeah. the Nets won the NBA finals, the Nets are going to bring more money to mm-hmm. the NBA as an organization than the Bucks would. Or even the Suns. Like, Phoenix is a small market team. Yeah. Just like Milwaukee is. But whether that trickles all the way down to refs actually in the paint being like, hmm. I think I'm gonna call it a little harder on the Bucks this game, just so that, I, just so that my bosses are happier. Like I, mm, little tinfoil hat, but also, kind of feel that sometimes, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I I think there are definitely, like favorites. Like I I think the the refs are told basically to respect the star power, All right? In that that's why they didn't take Devin Booker out of Game Four when they should have, right? And but then. And, like, I, I, I remember, I think it was, like, early on in Game 4, like, Giannis uh, should have been called for a, a foul, and they, they kind of ignored it. Right. Um, Although, it, it is pretty clear that there's also some kind just some bias against bigger players getting fouls called yeah, and when they're just getting hacked to shit. I mean, that's that's league-wide. I mean, and the, yeah. the announcers talk about it every single time it happens. It's that if you've got a big on a small... The mm-hmm. small gets the benefit, no yeah. matter what. The The small guy can beat the shit out of the bigger guy and not get called for a foul, whereas if it, the situation was reversed, the big guy is always going to get called for the foul. If it's if it's like a, a close one, they always give the benefit to the smaller player. 
Um, and no one can really justify that other yeah. than like, ah, Giannis is big. He can take it. <laughs> like, but but they're they're breaking the rules. I oh my god! Speaking of Giannis, like so, I watched this game uh, in a bar in North Hollywood. That surprising amount of Bucks fans there. It was kind of great. Every like seems like every Wisconsinite who had migrated to this part of Los Angeles was out and in this bar for this fantastic time. Man, just every. Every time the camera did like a slow-mo money shot, like highlight, like, oh yeah, this is Giannis making the highlights and like he does the play and just looks like the peak physical human specimen that he is on the court. Women swooning in the bar. No, Just left and right. Yeah, absolutely. My God, yes. Just Hercules. Staring, staring into the camera, letting everyone know, like, I know who I am. I'm a really g- nice guy who, who is stronger and better built than you will ever be. I can have any woman I want. I got an accent. I'm rich. I'm strong. I'm huge. I look good. I'm funny. And everyone talks about how nice I am. Oh... Yeah, yeah, that was that was incredible. Um, although shout outs to the rest of the team too. And like speaking of guys earlier, Pat Connaughton of all people had some big like momentum building plays that game yeah, in a no, way that's exactly. like, fuck, Pat Connaughton relevant. That's that's yeah. weird. It's been weird the entire series, entire playoffs. Well, even the entire season, and then yeah. a lot of last season too. Pat Connaughton is not as big and strong as some of these guys but like Mm-mm. pat Connaughton is very athletic he's very fast and he's always playing really fucking hard so like pat Connaughton's gonna get rebounds that he really shouldn't be getting no. um <laughs> and yeah like he's just he's always playing really really hard it's like it's kind of like the reverse of Bobby Portis's situation right now, where Bobby is functionally auditioning, pitching himself every minute on the court to get a bigger contract with a different team. Where Pat Connaughton's just fighting for relevancy every yeah, every second in the paint. Sh- he's trying to show everyone at all moments, "I belong here. I belong here." Like you he all does. know it. How how often do I have to prove it? And like he does. Like I don't. I don't pay too much close to, uh, too close of attention to what the uh, roster rotation is, but like, man, Jeff Teague is definitely higher than Pat Connaughton in that right now, and that should just not be the case. Well, I mean, in terms of like who's getting right, 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 first, like, Pat Connaughton's always going to play. Pat Connaughton plays borderline starter minutes. He plays more than thirty minutes a game, mm-hmm. um, and part of that is always because PJ Tucker's in foul trouble. By the by, the end of the second quarter, every single fucking game. Um, Have we? Mm. But I, like, I they they both. Here's the thing: PJ Tucker is an elite NBA defensive player with zero yeah. offensive ability, who who always plays really hard. But he's pretty old. Pat Connaughton is a very good defensive player, mm-hmm. who's not bad on offense, and is but is young and faster yeah. and more athletic. I. Pat's good for a couple of threes every game, it seems like, mm-hmm. and that's all we really need him to do. Yeah, some, sometimes he gets hot, and they just give him the, the ball five possessions in a row, and he puts up points. 
Um, God, I don't know if we talked about it on mic, but like, I love, I love that PJ Tucker. Every time a foul is called against him, it, it he is just personally offended. He's like, "You're fucking killing me out here. What do you want me to do?" <laughs> <laughs> like even even when he knows he still has that flash of what a fa- on me yeah i, I can't he, believe this he he reacts exactly the same whether the call was like an obvious foul to pj tucker didn't touch the man and was still called for it because right he gets a couple of those every game where <laughs> like because i mean obviously the refs don't like pj tucker and his aggressive style of play Right, but that aggressive style of play means that you're going to be picking up fouls. That's that's kind of comes with the territory. But uh, also, he will get called for fouls that he didn't commit, and he'll show how displeased he is with that. But then, when he obviously hacks the guy's arm, reacts the exact same way. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he just has a routine that he has to do every single time he's called. No, there's definitely a level of performance to it, yeah. yeah. He'll, like, sit down on the ground and, like, punch the floor. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so emotional. Oh, it's amazing. I, yeah. Um. So the other thing I, I had kind of coming into this one, um, and this is only happening because the Lord knows when we're going to be able to do another voluntary viewing podcast, I've been playing some uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. Oh, yeah? I d- it's okay so far. I'm about maybe three or four hours in. I just got through the first dungeon. I don't know if it's necessarily going to live up to the premise of what, like, this is the first game in the Zelda timeline. It started it all necessarily, necessarily sets up or what you want a game like that to do. Yeah. Because, like, it opened with a segment of long ago, the evil rose from the earth and the goddess sent the humans into the sky so that she could do battle with them. And, like, they were safe. Thousands of years have passed. And that, and that's already setting up, like, wait, there was cool shit before this that we're not... This is... This is what this is supposed to be. This is supposed to be the cool shit before all the other shit. No, they always have to leave the possibility of adding another prequel in. Come on. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, or also, like, I don't think we're going to get into why, like, the Sheikah are, like, cool ninja people either, like, what that whole deal is. I think they're like, yeah, they're back. They're cool ninja people. Yeah. That's um, the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I do. I have had, like, one interaction with, like, a character that's, like, on the ground, not, like, living in the Sky City, and he's kind of... And it is kind of fun what they set up there, where it's like, no, yeah, a thousand years ago, the goddess created a city above the clouds, and they're awesome up there, they live forever, and are all super hot, and it's a paradise, and, like, you were up there 20 minutes ago, and it's like, oh, no, dude, this is, like, these are these are just people up here. This is, this, uh, he might have editorialized this a little bit. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's fun. Uh, the main bad guy so far, Girahim, just showed up, fought him once. He's kind of a problem. 
there's kind of a problem now where very queer coded sexually aggressive villain mm. like he does does like a tongue thing he does like the kiss tongue thing where he like sticks it out like way further than it should and then like wiggles it and mm, that probably played better in like the mid aughts when this came out than it does now but like I'm uncomfortable <laughs> yeah that's what I'm checking out what do you have going on in your end um, I finished my dopamine detox. Uh, maybe, How'd that? Okay. Uh, immediately reverted back to my old ways. Yes. Um, um, no, it's been it's been a weird day. I finished my uh, dopamine thing on Sunday. Got all the footage from that. Now I just need to record the audio for the scripts and and then write kind of what my conclusions were and then do some filming for. I guess you would call it like the the funny cutaways that I'm going to be doing, um, which will probably take a little bit, and it's going to take me a while to edit. But, yeah. I mean, part of being on the dopamine detox means that I haven't consumed a whole lot of media the last couple of days other than, like, the Bucks games. Right. So I'm not, not checking anything out. Fair. Fair enough. Hmm. We oh shit uh huh I'm just now realizing we might not be able to do an episode of the quarantine cast tomorrow unless it's a solo cast because I I imagine you have to get going pretty early to make it to the Deer District yeah we're leaving after lunch oh boy um there's a Brewers game in Milwaukee tomorrow at three and <gasps> and which means that there's gonna be a lot of traffic. I was desperately no, hoping. No, we're not, go- we're not going to the Brewers game. So, like, I don't want to speak this into the world, but I'm going to. It's not going to jinx anything. Bucks, this is definitely the position you want to be in going into game six of, you just of won, the finals. You've got the momentum. You just won yeah. three in a row. You're heading back home with the potential to, to win it in game six mm-hmm. in Milwaukee. Yeah. I... Brewers, no, it's still like tail end of the middle of the season, but they are they're playing really well. Uh, Packers also lined up to have a phenomenal season. Can we get can we get a triple, Andrew? Can I dream? Let's take this one step at a time, Lucas. Okay. Can I dream though? You you can dream, but, but let's let's get one first. Let's get one. And th- and then hopefully we can be happy about that, and then we can maybe move on to getting two. And I'm not willing to move farther than that. I- the Packers are like two months away from even playing their first game. I I guess I don't know. I'm really hopeful for the Packers this season because. I don't know, and I know part of it is just Adam Schefter being a fucking star... Have I called him a star fucker yet? Adam Schefter being a star fucker, being a spotlight chaser, and stirring up drama, seemingly. But it really does feel like, man, we're getting to the end of our uh, partnership with Aaron Rodgers at the Packers, like, one way or another. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying that best-case scenario is... Rodgers gives in to his demands, plays for the Packers in 2021, and then is traded. 
Right. That like there there is not really any and anything can change, but there's not really anyone out there that thinks Aaron Rodgers will be our long term quarterback. That there's some people thinking like, yeah, maybe if the stars align, we can make one last run at it with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and then move on from him because right. we don't have any options. The thing is though, that's not what Aaron Rodgers wants. That's specifically <laughs> like there him. Us telling him that, hey, no, I know you want to be traded, but don't worry, we'll trade you next year. That's specifically what he was trying to avoid. It's that he either wants to get traded now so he can figure his shit out or right. to be the guy long term. He he was doing that so that he wasn't strung along and then just gotten rid of next year. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and you know, I kind of... Mm, I... Obviously, I want Aaron Rodgers to play for the Packers for as long as he is one of the best football players in the history of the sport. But also, like, I get that. I get if you are somebody making decisions in the Packers that, hey, Aaron Rodgers is getting really expensive to hang on to. He's only going to start performing worse and worse year over year as he gets older. We've also kind of realized for a long time now that this... We are going to have, like, one of the top three quarterbacks in in the NFL and then build our team around them with whatever money we have left. Not super effective, actually, mm-hmm. it, it turns out, for long-term success. We're competitive, sure, every year for the past forever, but not... Not bringing it home, and that's that's what the fans, that's what the people signing the checks really care about. So maybe it is time to rethink just our philosophy as a team. But yeah, I mean, the, I'm the, conflicted in that. the The meta in the NFL right now, for a while, has been you draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. and you get a four or five years of a quarterback with a cheap rookie contract, and then you spend a lot of money on every other position. Yeah, and then. And then, you know, if you're lucky enough to get an elite quarterback and not have to pay him very much money, that gives you the best shot of winning because then you can spend that money to, like, make the rest of your roster 100%. Whereas mm-hmm. then when that quarterback reaches the end of his rookie contract and you have to extend him for 30 to $40 million a year, and then you have to cut some of your other good players because they make too much money, and then yeah. you have to hope that the draft picks that you get turn into good players that you can pay for cheap or pay, you know, not pay very much. That's not as efficient. Mm-hmm. It's it's more efficient to pay a bunch of veterans a lot of money and then have one quarterback, the most important part of your team, make only a little bit of money than to have one quarterback that makes a lot of money and 51 or 52 other guys that you can't pay very much yeah. meaning that they probably aren't as good you know it's mm-hmm. just yeah i especially for a team like the packers that has made some interesting draft decisions over the past couple of years it's yeah, like to say the least it really yeah it, it feels like we're building up towards a massive shift in just what kind of football team the packers are Hopefully for good, maybe for worse. I don't know. And I also understand, man, but like the, the high high market quarterbacks, that's what everybody loves to see. That's what's, that's what's making the highlight real. Yeah. 
It's weird. It's tough. But uh, not going to be this year. Not going to be no. this year we have to do that. All the Packers have to do is find an 18-year-old boy from Greece who's seven feet tall and draft him because no one else gives a shit about him and then have him become the best player in the league. Easy. <laughs> Easy. I God, I'm, I know we've been sucking Giannis's dick this entire podcast, but that's fine. Gee, just casually, just casually every game in the finals for the past three or four now, 40 points. Not yeah. a big deal. Yeah, just <laughs> doing doing his thing. Getting <laughs> getting double-doubles. Who fucking cares? Even in the games where it's like, wow, yeah, Giannis kind of having an off night. 41 points. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and a, it's been lost in the last yeah. five games, but no one thought Giannis would be able to play no. in the finals, maybe even next year, and he's still out here being elite. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, Tuesday is going to be a lot. I'm going to have to get hammered to get through it probably, <laughs> but that'll, that'll be okay. Oh, let me know how much beer is in the Deer District. I want to see if that's more than like, uh, more than Los Angeles. Uh, hold on one second. I got to look something up. Can oh, I drink alcohol? Before giving blood. What? <laughs> Try to avoid drinking alcohol 24 hours before giving blood. Fuck. Okay, you're the designated driver. I'm sorry, you timed donating blood? To I, schedule, the... I scheduled this appointment two months ago. <laughs> Is this like... Is this selling plasma or are you like being a good Samaritan here? I, I'm just donating blood. Oh, well, I... Cool. Cool to you. You're a universal donor, right? No. Oh, okay. I thought... All right, whatever. I, good for you. Good for you helping out with the shortage. Yeah. All right. That is just where we are at in this episode of the quarantine cast episode 320 maybe we'll have an early one tomorrow i don't know might be cool to get a snapshot of like this is it this is us going into the big game but i don't know we'll see how our schedules shake out uh regardless thank you for listening if you like what you heard be sure to like comment subscribe etc check us out on instagram youtube and tiktok where we got brand spanking new highlight clips courtesy of andrew clark uh, be sure to email us your questions and business opportunities, viewing at gmail.com. Axe Blue Link if you want to help a collection of great progressive causes. Uh, we have a Patreon if you want to support us and help keep the lights on. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast for updates. And follow me at LucasDeWriter on Twitter for all of my writing. Bucks and Six, good luck to them and I guess to you guys too. Bye-bye. <laughs>